ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the evening, Jones. So, uh, you know, I believe I told you guys that I had like largely resolved that I'm not really gonna um, get into the like discussion of the cold, right? I know that many of you have no level of sympathy for the idea that I might be cold, given, you know, the taunting. And maybe I did to some of you guys um, when it was like cold in where you lived and it wasn't cold um, where I live. And I have to tell you, I just want to give you guys an update. I believe since the last time we got together here on this program, it snowed here. It was like a few inches of that snow. It was cool. I ain't really tripped. One thing I say about the the snow, though, and this is real talk about this one, um, I'd much rather it be cold enough for it to be snow than it be some, like, cold rain. Like one thing I did really, I really did not do the proper math on um, when I moved here was the impact of the rain in this whole I ain't got no car situation. Right now, I, you know, like if I need to get a cab or something like that, I can do that. Like I ain't really got to be sitting in here like trying to balance a budget on that. That being said, I get me a metro car and that thing worked for 30 days, right? 30 days. And it's $120. I'm trying to get done whatever it is that I can get done on that Metro card. Big part of why I try to get whatever I can get done done on that Metro card is it's not like taking cars is really faster than the subway. Right? Like not enough in most cases to make it where I don't need to get what I can out of that uh $120 metro card. I'm about that metro card, man. But who boy let it rain. Oh no, 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 no. I ain't got time for that. I get off that train, man. I got like six blocks to walk before I get to the job or whatever it is. The rain. Like the snow, cool. I don't have to drive in it. I got some boots. Yeah, I went out and got some boots. You know what I'm saying? Uh but rain. No, 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 no. I'm not I'm not here for that at all. You tell me it's gonna snow all day, it's gonna rain all day. Give me that snow every single time. Like that one is an absolute no brainer. But yeah, no, nah, I made it uh I made it through that. Let me tell you something though about this cold weather. And they don't like fully tell you about this, but this is the truth, man. Yo, properly protecting yourself for the cold is an expensive endeavor. Now, granted, it's an endeavor that, I mean, one could argue I may have made more expensive than I had to. And the reason I believe that you can make the argument that uh i made the argument you know that i did this before i had to um would be that yo when i was going to like get jackets and stuff i think i talked to y'all about this already i was talking about getting jackets and stuff man i want to sort of that list by most expensive like money is no object when it comes to being warm like that's not gonna be the place where i'm trying to save money like you think about that man like for an extra hundred dollars how much warmer you can be for an extra hundred bones, right? Like you just think about that, man. Like that's just that's just that's not the place. Like I would say, you don't balance the budget on toilet paper, right? Your booty precious. I feel the same way about my um internal body temperature. Like I think it's a very important thing to be maintained. Like I spare no expense when it comes to that, man. Duh, bro, I had to give me like two coats. Um, I feel like I got something else. Oh, I had to give me some some like thermals and stuff, you know, like tights. You know, the good ones with fancy technology, man, they are not nearly as expensive as you would believe that they are. Like, this is one of those things for real. Like, I think is one of those kind of measures of privilege that people don't really think about, like having a coat. Like, you think about this. Every year, somebody got a coat drive. And you know what we do at the coat drive? We go, like, when coat drive come, you go in your closet, and you get some coat that is a perfectly good coat that you have not worn and who knows how long. Um, people have a tendency, because I mean, I don't really think that much about what I want for Christmas, so people tend to go at it blind with me. And I stack up coats. Like, I used to stack up coats. Coats I would never wind up wearing, because I had like a zillion coats in the closet. We'd just be giving away coats. Dog, these people out here in these streets, like really walking around without no coat. And I know that like, I'm not saying this as a shock because I'm aware of this, if for no other reason than I've been seeing coat drives. But think about that for a second. 
Imagine if you did not have a coat. A coat. Because, yo, homie, it's getting brick. Let me get a look right now at these uh, temperatures. All right, today was a high 32, and I had to go to Connecticut, so it was lower than that. It's going to be a balmy 35 tomorrow, 32 on Friday, 38 on Saturday, and 39 on Sunday, and the sun might come out before you get up to a robust 47 degrees on Monday. Now, again, I am not at a point here where I'm out here complaining about this cold. And the reason I'm not really at a point where I'm complaining about this cold is, man, I went and got me a mean coat. Like, the power of that coat, that's a game changer. Like, the only problem is, man, your lower legs be cold. Like, I got me a coat that go down long enough so I feel like from knee up, I'm doing all right, man. But them calves be chilly. But you know what? That's okay. I'm calling that my gym membership. That keep me trucking on these streets. Like, yo, I got to hurry up and get up out of here, man. Like, I'm out here. I'm a ninja. Out here doing this timing on the street lights to make sure that I maximize and efficiently get across whatever streets I can based upon what light, whatever light happen to be up or whatever it is. Yeah, man. Nah, I'm out here. Like, I'm doing a little better than I think y'all would have thought that your boy might have been doing. That's right. Got my Angry Birds hat. Be out here in these streets prepared, ready for whatever. I'm a man. Talk about that. I get nice boots. Hey, man, I got to be real with you. I ain't, I'm not getting throwaway anythings anymore on something that is halfway essential. Boots, my feet in the cold. Are you serious? Man, listen, I found out it was going to be on that snow kick on Saturday. Bruh, I got up as early as I could, and I checked what time the store was open, and I was there with them doors open before that snow started coming down. I'm like, hey, homie, I need to get me some boots. I'm like, what we got over here? So we go up on the wall, and my man's like, we got these for 79, and we got these for 130. I'm like, all right, so why are these 130? And he gave me a little bit of an explanation, but I felt pretty confident. Like, I was just going to roll the dice. This was the $60 I was willing to roll the dice on. I was not going cheap on my cold feet like i feel like 79 sound like they boots in name only i needed something with some kind of technology up in them some kind of name so i'd go out there man and get them boots either way man like there's a comma on what i've had to spend in the name of some warmth and i would do it again and again and damn it i would do it again because it's coming it's coming i remember something my brother told me man my brother was like um, he said, um, he did, he lived, he went to grad school in Iowa. And he said, the thing about the cold is not simply that it's cold, but rather that it stays cold. Like, it's not like you get one cold day. No, 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 no. It's going to be cold the next day, the next day, the next day. Like I looked at the temperature and saw that it might get up to 47 on monday and i'm like hey that sounds like a pretty good day it didn't take me long to get to that point where i'd be like "Ooh, 47 that's exciting because <laughs> it's exciting 47 in miami i might have called out sick anyway it's a bit breezy up here get you a good coat if you can let's move on to your questions. I give this to you, Michael Morris. Ain't nobody more curious about my thoughts in this world than you are. God damn, you are all the questions. Can some other people ask some questions, please? What in the world do we think the last straw was that led to Omarosa's departure from the White House? So I was tied up all day today. I read a couple reports about Omarosa getting fired at the White House. Now, I think the question of what was the last straw is not the question that I'm that curious about. Um, I think that John Kelly just got to a point, excuse me, where he had wanted to move Omarosa out of there for the longest. And I don't even know if he necessarily needed an excuse or something that happened or whatever it was. But I also feel like firing Omarosa is one of those things you got to do and then tell Trump about later. Because Trump is fiercely loyal, right? Like that, like that's the thing about him. Trump is fiercely loyal. So I doubt very seriously that he would be the one to decide that she needed to be fired. He is her type. I mean, she is his type. Like, he loves her get down. Absolutely loves her get down. You watch the way she handles things. It's the type of stuff that Trump's the one to appreciate. 
So at some point, everybody else decided they just got tired of it and they was going to move. Now, here's what I think is interesting about this as it relates to Omarosa. Uh, now, there's a way that I would describe Omarosa that we use very often in talking about sports, but it's certainly, at least I use in talking about sports, but it's certainly applicable to uh, Omarosa, who, if I'm not mistaken, is from Youngstown, Ohio. I will describe Omarosa with three letters. Any of y'all in the chat room know the three letters that I'm going for? That's right. C G B. Can't go back. Oh, Rose is not going back to Yellowstown, homie. Right? Or anything approaching that? Anything? No, no, no. She can't go back. Like, stop and take a moment to consider where Omarosa got herself to and the means through which she got herself there and where she came from. You think she was just about to walk out the White House? Now, you really think that you was just going to tell Omarosa, you out of here? She's like, how can I be out of here when I'm in here? Like, I'm standing here right now. You're fired. Okay. And I'm fired. So, like, you tell Omarosa she fired. That means that once she walks out the White House, she can't come back in. Okay. So, that means I'm not walking out the White House. Why would I walk out the White House if I knew once I walked out, I couldn't go out? Like, that would be like if you couldn't find your keys and you were just like, oh, well, I'm going to be late. And then you run out. No, no, no. Because then if I go out, I can't get back in. No, 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 no. You have, like, I don't, I mean, I saw something about her being supposedly physically removed and the Secret Service said that they did not physically remove her. I mean, I doubt that they physically removed her. I find that to be unlikely. Just because I think that would wind up just being such a horrible look for everybody. Like, I don't think they physically removed her. But I guarantee you, she wasn't just like, all right, cool. Well, you know what? Thanks for giving me the opportunity. I appreciate having a chance to work at the White House. Um, I wish it would have worked out a little bit differently. I feel like there are things that I can take from this and learn from it. And, you know, now that I have this information, I'll be a better me. On the other side. Hell no, that wasn't what was going on. Omarosa, you fired. Psh, do something. Do something. Who firing me? You firing me? Because that's what it sounds like. Didn't they say that she like went to like the residence to go try to uh, go find Trump? Right? Yeah. She's like, oh, well, you firing me? Uh-uh. I ain't fired unless he say I'm fired. So I hear you. Okay, you say I'm fired. I get that. Well, you tell the president to come out here and tell me I'm fired because you're not the one that's in charge here. He the one that's in charge here. So you go ahead, man in charge. Come tell me that I'm fired. And then I might walk up out of here. But you, you work here like the rest of us. You tell me you can see Omarosa saying that. Also, I make the note. I listen to myself as I said that. And on one hand. That would be a very, very compelling argument that perhaps could get you a face-to-face with somebody important. On the other hand, that's a great way to take a mag light to the temple. I don't think they do that to Omarosa. They think about doing it to me. Whoever the they happens to be, somebody would think about doing that to me. And I also wonder this. As Omarosa apparently, you know, they say tried to go to the uh, presidential residence or whatever. Was there any, like, Secret Service in a position to do anything about it? Or was everybody basically in a situation where they just kind of had to, like, whoa, whoa, hold on, slow down, Omarosa. And then you say slow down, she keep on walking, and there really ain't nothing you can do. There's not. Let me tell you this right now. Put your hands on Omarosa in an untoward way. Do that. Do that. Let me know how that goes. Because under those circumstances, base case scenario might be when she sues you. And she will sue you. I feel pretty confident. She will sue you. Yes. By the way, we got somebody in the chat room that's from Youngstown. And... um. He apparently speaks to the veracity 
of the, what is it? The Westlake Projects? Is that what they call Brian? Is that what they call him? She ain't going back there. She ain't going back there at all. Now, my question, though, for her is, what now? Like, what's her new game? I mean, and look, let's look. We say what we want about different people and, like, doing reality TV and what they've been able to parlay that into. Yo, Amorosa parlayed her way into the White House. And not just any White House. This White House. This White House. So, like, think about this. So let Trump be who Trump is, right? You know, take Trump exactly as the man that he is. But make it such that he was not the host of The Apprentice, right? He was just the dude that he happens to be. Then we tell you that this contestant from The Apprentice winds up in that White House. Would you ever believe it? Would you ever believe it? No, you would not believe it. She parlayed being on one of those shows into a job at the White House. You know who got to be mad? I don't even watch The Apprentice. That ain't never really been my speed. But uh, who's your man that used to make the ties? I actually had one of them, the Kappa dude. That Kappa dude got to be looking at Amorosa, hating like hell. Like, I could get no job as, like, the presidential tailor. I couldn't do that. You ain't got no gig for me. Come on, man. You like ties? I got ties. Man, especially a little job pissed. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like if you was ever on The Apprentice, you had to put in an application just to see what would happen, right? Problem is, we'll mess around. What happened, man? Mess around and give you a job. It's like, oh, damn, I got to do it now? Appreciate the question. You shocked people don't shower with washcloths. Yes, I'm shocked that people don't shower with washcloths. I just don't understand how taking a shower out of what would, like, I mean. So let me just ask a question, because I understand that, I mean, and, you know, some people have described this, the reasons that are cultural or whatever. I ain't really speaking to that part of it. I just want to ask you, ask you, like, I really, in fact, I'm asking. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and ask. It's fine. I just want to ask you this. It's like. Do you, do you, what else do you only wash with your hands? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the thing about it. So, like, if you want to use, like, a loofah or, like, some gloves or something like that, I get that. Like, that's like, like, like they, they, just as long as there's some implement, like, some tool that is used. Somebody said gloves. You don't know about the gloves? I suggest you try the gloves. They're actually very efficient. I use the gloves. I'm talking about the fact, though, there's some people out here that ain't doing nothing but working with no soap and hands. That's it. That's it. Like, if you've been to uh, Europe and you go in the shower in a hotel and you're like, yo, man, what's up with these washcloths, homie? They ain't got no washcloths. You got to be in there on that Daniel sign, waxing off, wa- waxing off, waxing off, like all by yourself. And I just say, like, do you wash your dishes with your hands? Right? Like, like is, is there anything else that you only wash with your hands. Now, I understand that some people are like washcloth loyalists. Like, it actually has to be the cloth. And, like, I guess I do kind of understand where it is that you are coming from on that, but that's not the only implement that you can use. But, man, you can't be out here just washing with your hands. That just seems to be such an inefficient, like, you're not winning that way. And, like, I feel like we primarily bathe for function. preposterous appreciate the question all right this is what i was looking for when you first saw that keaton video did you have the same feeling i did that this is going to end in a weird place did y'all see that kid keaton 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 was the one um he had been bullied and his mama took the video of him talking about being bullied. I honestly don't remember the particulars of it because I feel like I watched it one time. The little homie seemed to be really in a bad place and how he shouldn't get picked off for being different and, you know, all of this stuff. And, I mean, I guess I thought that all of it was right. Now, I never know what to do when we talk about bullies and bullying in the 21st century, because like I hear about these anti-bullying organizations 
And I think that their cause is certainly noble. But, like, you know what the anti-bullying organization was when I was a kid? It was, uh, like, the, the, the Association of um, Karate Schools. Like that, that was, that was, I mean, that, that was the solution to the bullying back in my day. You know, like if you can't figure out something for yourself, we're just going to go teach you some karate. And then if they try to bring it to you, you hit them with some of that karate. I got to tell you a story, man, Jamal, Jamal might be listening. I always tell a story about my man, Jamal. I was hanging out with Jamal and his buddies on the fencing team. They were, he, he is a fencer in college. And, I mean, I think that you would say from a distance if you looked at these cats that they were just kind of like kind of nerdy sort of cats, right? Like, I don't mean that as a pejorative. Like, they just kind of, you know, that's the kind of stuff that they were into. And, you know, I'm like fencing, you know, like I imagine, I know Jamal knows all, like, you know, Taekwondo or one of the other martial arts. I imagine his partners also knew it. Like, I don't know if that's how you get into fencing or whatever it is, but it's like a fighting skill or whatever. Anyway, I was out with them once in Chapel Hill, and we're sitting, and one of his buddies was like, he's talking about the Navy SEAL workout? And my man was like, yeah, I'm never going to do that again. I was like, what do you mean again? Like, you did it once? And so, like, I'm like, I'm sitting here around these nerds, and dog, every last one of them nerds would beat the brakes off me. And I feel like all of them took karate. Or like Jamal's case, Taekwondo. But anyway, I'm also the generation where all that stuff was called by the same name. Karate. Like that was that was the way the anti-bullying thing was dealt with, was like, you know, fighting. And I have observed the discussion surrounding this, and apparently that's antiquated. Right. Apparently, like fighting bullies is out of style. It's something that we've decided, I guess, that you don't do. So don't come looking to me for answers because I'm out of suggestions. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't really know what this is. I guess. I Yeah. I remember I was in sixth grade. And see, one thing you got to remember about me when it comes to sixth grade is so it's, it's like twofold. One, I skipped a grade. The other thing is the rollover for the grade level was September 1st. My birthday is August 26th. So even if I'm in the grade with kids my age, I'm the youngest person in the grade. You see what I mean? So anyway... I remember I was in sixth grade, man, and this one dude, like, he absolutely was, like, bullying me. Like, I didn't think of it as bullying. But, hey, and there would just be these random times where he would just, like, really, really just start, like, going at me. And I really didn't know, like, what to do here. Because I had, like, it's not like I was doing anything to Buddy or whatever it was. Like, I didn't really have a frame of reference for what's happening here. And I... I don't think I was scared of the dude because the dude wasn't like big or nothing like that. Like, I don't think I was scared of him or anything. I don't know. I just like, I just remember just being like, I didn't really have any like recourse. I didn't know what to do or why or whatever it was. And so one day, it's like later in the school year, I finally got tired of it. Honestly, I didn't really get tired of it. I don't know if I got tired of it, but we were running around the track or whatever. And he started messing with this other dude I knew who actually was like smaller than me. And so the same dude started messing with him. And I told Buddy, I was like, yo, man, well, why don't you, uh, you know, why don't you leave him alone? And so then I said, why don't you leave him alone? And then the dude pushed me. And then I pushed him back. And then, like, after I pushed him, it was like game all, right, man? I started swinging on Buddy. I caught him with, like, three or four good ones, man. Like, I won that fight. It wasn't no question that I won that fight. Uh, and I remember we wound up sitting in the principal's office after. And he got in there and told this huge, like, cockamamie lie about how I had been messing with him. And he was like, yo, I don't know why Bomani just started pushing me, stopping, whatever it was, you know, whatever. And I remember I was sitting there like, I, it never dawned on me that somebody could tell such a big lie like that. And, you know, anyway, I didn't get in no trouble because he had it coming. Hey, man, I don't know. Like, I was actually looking back on that this weekend. And I was like, I am not sure if I have ever been prouder of myself in my life. 
that I was when I put them hands to that dude. I felt good about myself for putting them hands to that dude. Because I had just had enough, right? Now, it probably helps that I won the fight. I don't know how good I would have felt about it had I lost the fight. But I won the fight. But that's not what we do now. You know what I mean? Like, that's not that's not the way that these things go. And so I bring that up because I saw all the people with Lil Keaton and, like, a, a GoFundMe pages started. We don't know who ran the GoFundMe pages or whatever it was. But, like, GoFundMe pages started for the dude. And I'm like, what are you giving him money for? Like, what's he going to do, buy some heart? And I don't mean to say that there's something wrong with him or, like, to say that, like, oh, you know, the kid don't have no heart. But I'm just saying, I mean, I guess I need a better term than heart in this case. But you know what I mean? Like, what is what was that money going to solve? What was that money going to fix? I was like, you going to give him that money for karate lessons? You know? And so, like, I saw one football player was talking about how he's going to go to school with him. And I'm like, yo, 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 yo. Does, does he need somebody to go to, like, is that going to make it better? Because that dude ain't going to be able to come to school with him every day. You know? Like, so I, I couldn't figure out what the message was because I got it. They're like, hey, you know, Keaton, we got you back. You know, no one should bully you in this way, da-da-da, all this stuff. And, like, all of that is absolutely true. But what's going to happen when ain't nobody thinking about them videos? Like, you think he's going to become the cool kid now? Like, at some point, you're going to have to figure out how to stand on your own, too, when these things happen. And I don't have the necess- necessarily what the solution is going to be. But, it's like, for him, what he's going to have to do is figure out how to stand on his own, too. But then this thing snowballed into this whole other situation because people got to look in and find out about his mama and her stuff it did with the Confederate flag. And then, like, Internet wildfire this idea spread that Keaton was getting bullied because he called some kid the N-word. I didn't see that reported anywhere. I didn't see that confirmed or verified anywhere. I think somebody just said to themselves, yo, if his mama flying a Confederate flag, you know maybe he got bullied for dot, dot, dot. And then that whole thing started rolling out of control, and people, I, 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 I and the whole way, I'm still stuck on one question. What are y'all giving that boy money for? I think I saw it was a Pat Oswalt that said that, you know, he wanted to start something like, yo, let's put some money on it, try to send that boy to college. College? I don't know if that boy has any business being in college. I thought this was about bullying. I thought, what? I saw like it spun in all these like wild different directions. And I don't know nothing about that kid. And even if his mama is out here waving the Confederate flag, that don't mean that boy deserves to get bullied or that there's a reason for people to like push him around and stuff like that. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't buy that at all. Let me tell you something else I don't buy. Putting a video of your crying child up after he's been bullied. For who? For what? Like, I would be mortified, absolutely mortified, if I, like, wanted to, like, sit there at that age and talk to my mama and cry about how they've been mistreating me at school. And you sticking a camera in my face? What you want to do, go back and watch that later? For what? Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Can, can, can I, can I have some peace and dignity in this? What are you doing? That's the thing. Like people may be whipping out these cameras to make videos. And like, I'm like, I don't even understand what it is. And the interesting thing about like the fascination we have with people that are making videos and taking these pictures and stuff is they do it by and large to show the world. Like it's not for their own personal archives, you know? But yeah, yeah, yeah. So the whole thing happened with the little homie Keaton. Is anybody even thinking about him anymore? Like, are they still bullying him at school? Like, I feel like that was forever ago, even though it was probably like 48 hours or something like that before I put, before this podcast was recorded. But what? That's all I'm saying. What? Like, what was the point of any of this? 
in the first place. What was the point of any of it? So I hope that he gets himself into a situation where he can stand on his own too and stride through this and handle it. I just want to know all this stuff that people were doing on the internet and like they giving money and stuff like that. What in the world is that doing to help that boy stand on his own too? Appreciate the question. See what else we got here. Do you see the Jones Moore decision as a chance for a change in the South? What does that mean? Like what? And I'm asking this seriously because you know, you know, politics and bosses don't like me talking about that so much. But I think there's some objective facts that can be discussed here, right? You know, that have nothing to do with the political inclination. These are just things that are existing on their face. So. Um, Doug Jones won that election against Roy Moore. I was a bit surprised that it happened, but whatever. It did wind up happening. Now, um, we Texans in the House can remember the election between Ann Richards and uh, Clayton Williams in 1990, where nobody has ever had a come from a head loss quite like Clayton Williams. I say Clayton Richard, Clayton Williams. Quite like Clayton Williams had in that race in 1990, and it wasn't the same as the thing with Roy Moore because there was no like these allegations of, mis- of malfeasance, shall we say, in that one. But it was still kind of a similar sort of thing. Like it's very hard for a Republican to lose a statewide office in a, a deep Southern state like those. Like that's really really hard to do. But anyway, that happened in this case. And so people are saying, "Is this a chance for a change? What change?" Like, what do you think the one senatorial seat in the South is going to change? Now, perhaps your argument on this is that there was this huge mobilization of black voters for the special election. And then now all of a sudden people will begin to pay attention to black voters. So let's look at that on two levels. Uh, level one. Let us not forget that Roy Moore was a bit of an un. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't a very good candidate. It's not the candidate you would cook up in a lab. Is that fair to say? Can we start there? Okay. It's not the candidate that you would cook up in a lab. Also, there was the huge write-in vote thing. And if I'm not mistaken, the write-in votes were greater than the margin of victory. Number of write-in votes is greater than the margin of victory. So what exactly is it that you're asking me, like, what change do you think is going to come about? Based on this, this was an interesting election. I think that's the best way to put it. This was an interesting election, but I saw a whole lot of backpatting from a whole lot of different people in an election where I'm looking at it like, uh, what? So here's what I'd say. Just something for you to think about. Were... Republican voters in Alabama, those who voted for Roy Moore, saying that they were okay with his alleged crimes. No, I do not believe that was what they were saying. I don't. And I think that is a great point that is missed when you say that that's what was going on there. That's not what was going on there. They were not voting for a pedophile. They were voting for the same thing that they've been voting for in the South in elections for decade after decade after decade after decade after decade. It just so happened that voting for what they were voting for involved voting for someone accused of sleeping with 14-year-olds. That happened to be the person there. So if your approach in this discussion is to say, how dare you vote? You know, are you saying that it's okay to sleep with 14 year olds? No, 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 no. That's not what they're saying. They are saying that the platform of issues that this man supports, they will vote for that platform of issues, even if they find out that the person behind it has had these interactions with 14-year-olds. That's what they're saying. But that is a very important point. And the reason I think that that point is important and that distinction is very important is this. And I ask you this rhetorically. You think about it yourself. 
if there has just been an election that was swung by a disproportionate amount of black people voting relative to expectations. Um, don't you think it's time to stop congratulating each other and start thinking about what's going to happen next? Do you think that if there are people, and this is, I mean, you can look at what's happening. I think the North Carolina case is actually in the like factual, like the Supreme Court has discussed this. I'm not as sure of the particulars in Alabama, but do you think people who are trying to make it more difficult for certain people to vote are going to see a big number of those people voting? And then just be like, ah, you got us that time. Or do you think that the difficulty that has been made for some people to vote might get a little bit more difficult if you don't pay attention? I feel like that's a discussion that's kind of being missed here. Is that one right there? Because that one seems to me to be kind of crucial and to be the one with the like greater long range ramifications. And if there was anything disturbing to observe from watching around that race, it was that how many people just woke up and realized, wow, the state of Alabama shut down the DMV in all these black counties. Didn't really talk about it that much as it was approaching an election where you hadn't counted on Alabama getting you any votes in the first place. Now, all of a sudden, it's time for people, you know, you think they can do something for you. And it's like, oh, man, look around here. Would you believe this horrible thing that's been that, that went on? And let me tell you why I bring this up. Um, this was 2005. I was at the National Association of Black Journalists Convention. And Jesse Jackson was there. And this is when we weren't, you know, feeling so great about Jesse. But Jesse Jackson was there. And um, Jesse was there because I think the Voting Rights Act was up for renewal. And he was bringing some attention to the idea the Voting Rights Act was up for renewal. I remember talking to my father about it. And I thought that Jesse was just down there trying to get some attention or whatever it was. And my dad was like, no, 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 no. This is an important thing. Like, I don't, you know, I don't think you've given them enough credit here. Like, this is this is an important thing. And so, like, my thinking at the time is, I mean, ain't nobody pulling back the Voting Rights Act, right? Like, that would just be preposterous. Like, it never dawned on me that that would, like, like, like yo, we had a problem. Now the problem's been corrected. Everybody recognizes that it was a problem. Like, why are we going to go back and fix it? That was my thinking there. And then we fast forward from there about, you know, not even 10 years, I don't think. And we saw what wound up happening to the Voting Rights Act. Like, you saw what the change was. You saw how, you know, how that got flipped up. And so I think overall that the issue of making it hard for people to vote has been kind of forgotten by a lot of people. And then they just hopped up this one day and then realized, oh, man, that's an issue. And then you had this high number of black people voting. And it's like, yeah, the black vote came out. Like I saw somebody tweet something about, all right, next stop, Mississippi. And I'm like, yo, I get where you're coming from here. And their argument was that Mississippi had, you know, it was like 38% black or something like that. And I'm like, hey, guys, have you stopped and taken a moment to consider to you? you know, ask yourselves like a very easy, small question, which is. If Mississippi is 38% black and all the statewide offices are still red. Guys, don't don't you get what don't you get what the issue is? Like, are you not paying attention? Do, do, do you not see what this is? Like, do you think it's just going to be simply a matter of, hey, we're going to go into the state and we're going to get all these black people to come out and vote and boom, we'll flip the game up. How the hell did you not think of that before? Like, it's not like all of a sudden you looked up and it was like, yo, all these black people moved to Mississippi. I know, right? It's crazy. Maybe we should register them to vote. Like, what are you talking about? 
right? Like all of this, everybody. I'm just like, if there's a point to be gotten from this election, it ain't none of the ones that I've seen anybody talk about. Appreciate the question. By the way, managed all of that, I think, with all statements of fact. Is Terrence Howard becoming a meme to highlight of his career? Yo, this thing that happened where people jumped on him with Terrence Howard was very interesting because I feel like we like constantly tell Terrence Howard jokes. It just so happened that like this time it all got together and the memes got cracking. But I feel like we tell Terrence Howard jokes all the time. Now, is that the highlight of Terrence Howard's career? I mean, Terrence Howard did get nominated for an Oscar, and I actually think Hustle and Flow was a very good movie. Like, I think there are some very interesting points and things to be taken from it. I, I really do like uh, Hustle and Flow. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll give him that. My thing with Terrence Howard remains that Terrence Howard thinks that one times one is two. Right there. He thinks one times one is two. And that our educators are leading us astray and allowing us to believe that one times one is one. Right. Appreciate the question. See what else we got here. Do you lean more toward Bitcoin being a legitimate currency or a Ponzi scheme? And so, okay, so the thing with me about the idea of calling Bitcoin a legitimate currency is I feel like I need to go make sure I have the definition of currency right because I don't feel like you could just decide that something is a currency. Like, like, am, I, like am I wrong there? Like, I just don't feel like you can say, yo, so we got this thing we trading on a computer. And um, it's a currency. So it says here, the most specific use of the word currency refers to money in any form when an actual use of circulation as a medium of exchange, especially circulating bank notes and notes and coins. Um, I mean, I guess we're calling this money. Is that what we're doing? I was actually having a conversation with somebody about Bitcoin today. And, you know, and mean, I have referred to it as funny money. I still contend that if I want my money to have an army behind it, if something is wrong with my account, I would like to be able to go to a branch to ask some questions. I believe that we have seen enough to tell us that there should be some measure of regulation in worlds like these, even if the regulators don't always do their jobs. Okay. This is the thing that I don't get about Bitcoin. And maybe I need to read up on this a little bit more, but I was talking today with one of the smartest people that I know on this very matter. What are the determinants of price like, what are the factors that are causing the money or the value to go up or down? And that's what I don't have the answer for. Like, I see these changes and I see people are getting in and I see that the thing is blowing up and that the value is going really high. But no one has really explained to me why it is that the value has gone up. Like, I have not seen that. Somebody's saying it's an algorithm. I mean, okay, if that's what you want to do. And so my man here saying there's a limited supply of Bitcoin. And I'm like, I don't really understand what it is to stop somebody from just making more Bitcoin. Like, I don't. This is too much for me. Now, I need to acknowledge to you, though, it is easy for me to be flippant about this notion of Bitcoin. Right? And the reason why it's easy for me to be flippant about Bitcoin is I got my bread. Like, I don't really need to be out here experimentally, like, putting my money, like, trying to see if I can get in on these money trees. I don't really have to do that. So I feel like a lot of people are trying to hit for a quick score on this. But I also recall reading these different stories about people like their Bitcoin wallets just vamping, vanishing. And who you complain to? Who do you, who do you write a letter to? Like who do you talk about when it comes to these things? So for me, it's like 
I don't like I can't I don't know if I can call it a Ponzi scheme. Right? I don't know what to call it. Like I admit I don't really understand it. At the same time, it sounds a whole lot like something that I will let you find out about. Like you get your money up messing with the Bitcoin, you go ahead and do that. You want to play that game with that funny money? You go ahead and do that. But, oh, no, no, no. There seems to be not just things that I can't control going on there, but things that I can't really forecast. Like, I just don't. Nah, man. But, again, if that's what you want to do, I ain't going to be the one to stop you. All right, I don't really see this in question so much uh, as, like I just read before we got on here, I read the story, the two stories about Russell Simmons. There's a New York Times story about Russell Simmons. There was an L.A. Times story about Russell Simmons. I saw that Variety had the report on Tavis Smiley. Um, I saw the NFL Network um, story came out. And so between all those stories, that's like three people I know to varying levels who have had their names like prominently mentioned in these allegations. Three like people that I could like legitimately get on the phone right now if I needed to, to talk. Like, I don't think I, I couldn't call them and talk about all of this necessarily. One of them I could. But, like, three people that if I needed to, like, I could wind up um, getting on the phone. What is throwing me about this is these stories are still shocking. Like, I I don't consider myself to be a person who, like, I'm not naive. Like, I'm, I'm aware of the things that people are capable of. Like, look, I'm the person who has told you if one of your friends gets accused of sexual assault, believe them if you want, but don't defend them. Because I told you the story I had. A guy I knew, man, turned out to be a serial rapist. We had no idea. Um, but, I, like, I, I, like, I say that because I've always made the argument that you never know what someone might be capable of in these ways because people don't talk about these things if they do them they don't right right? it's not like they come like exchange stories with the crew or maybe they do it with their other friends who do those sorts of things but you know like i don't recall anybody telling me a story that approaches anything like the things that are coming out in these reports with these cats that are getting caught up in this and man i i am just personally like i don't really have some great level of analysis or i don't think i have any like particular insight into this that will just like make it make sense or anything like that or something like to contribute to the conversation like i haven't said very much about this because i don't really know what it is that i have to contribute in talking about it like i had no real idea that things were this messed up Like, I didn't really understand that this is the level of hostility that women were dealing with just to go to work. And I still have no grasp on, like, the audacity required to think that, forget about, like, simply that you could get away with doing some of these things. That is something that you would just think of doing. Right? Like, there's a level of ignorance that I had there. And, like, I'm not upset with myself for having the level of ignorance because you can't know some things until somebody tells you and nobody had told me. But one point I think that I feel like I've made before about this and is a point that I suppose I would then make again in talking about this is what lets you know how messed up the whole game is on this is that it would take all these years for some of these people to get hemmed up for this. 
because that many women believe that no one will believe them. And that's wild to me. You know, like just, just to, just to think about that, that so many women just simply believe that no one would believe them. Like I remember um, at one of my stops in grad school, there's a professor uh, and he's since passed away, but I would listen to, I, like I heard a couple of women talk about him and they were just like, Oh my God, he's just so creepy. And they were talking about, you know, you feel like you need to take a shower after you left from, you know, dealing with him. And the woman telling me about it, like she obviously seemed bothered by it, but not necessarily distressed, you know, and, on one level, she was like matter of fact in talking about it, though it was like a fairly like a there was you know some storyteller elements to like to re to the retelling. But in retrospect, looking back on it, the wild part is it wasn't like she was like, "Yo, there's this one guy." Like he just seemed to be like an example or a representative of who knows how many other people. That she had been, that she had been around who were not necessarily as egregious as this cat was, but like this is what it is, you know. And I've heard, I've seen a lot of women say about this: is you know, we've been telling you that men are dangerous. Did you not believe us when we told you? And so for me, it's like, no, 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 no. I was aware that men were dangerous. I was not aware of how omnipresent the danger was. I did not I did not realize that it was this acute. And I mean, we know now. We know now and where we go from here will be a very interesting thing, because beyond all these, I don't even know what to do. I don't know if I'm allowed to do this. Like those cats that are talking about that. Forget about that for a second. Right. Forget about that. Like, I don't, I don't know what it is that I'm supposed to do. You don't know what it is that you're supposed to do. What the hell have women been supposed to do for all this time? And so I do think that there are a lot of people like me who have seen this. And even if you had like a macro level understanding of things, I think we now have a much different understanding of the day to day. And that day to day is something that we are then required to improve. And that we is very particular. That is a we of men. But yeah, man, that just crossed my mind. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much uh, for joining us here on the Evening Jones. We try to do this here about once a week. Try to get at least one more in before the end of the year. My man, Lance Gilliam, handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Remember, if you can't watch the Evening Jones live, subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the iTunes store. Subscribe at Stitcher Radio. Check us out at SoundCloud. We're also at the Google Play Store. Talk to you guys soon. Take it easy.